Ray Stevens there from 1971, turn your radio on. And in the studio today we've got uh, a fellow who would love everybody to turn their radio on to 98.5. Welcome to Bevan Jones from 98.5 FM. Great to be here, Alan. Thanks so much. Yeah. So um, you're a community radio station. Yep. In Western Australia, or in Perth here at least, there are a plethora or a plethora or yeah. a lot of yeah. community radio stations. What makes 98.5 distinctive? Oh, um, the great thing about community radio, though, is we don't really compete, unlike commercial stations, in that, yeah, there's a lot of um, community radio stations around, but we actually get together a fair bit and actually work together because we've all got our different communities that we um, speak into um, and our specific one if you according to the government guidelines where religious radio or uh, our community of interest as they call it is the uh, the Christian community of Western Australia so that's probably our biggest niche so that's the general um, and f- out of that we've also really focused on being positive and um, family friendly right. much like yourselves in just that positive radio, I think, need more of it. Right. Uh, do you have a vision statement or a mission statement? Yep. No. Uh, it's uh, basically our uh, vision is to engage the people of Western Australia with a positive message of hope in Jesus. So it's all the, the whole religious mm-hmm. thing and Christian message of hope. Yep. Uh, so that's pretty well. It is the positive message of hope. So, yeah, that's our, our guiding statement. Right. What would be your target audience, uh, Bevan? Oh, <laughs> as as a radio person, you know, the behind the radio, like commercial radio, say will say they aim for a fifteen year demographic. So it might be thirty to forty five year olds, or you know, it might be fifty to sixty five year olds, and all that. And yeah, we aim for the family market. So anyone that's sort of parents of younger children through to older children. Um, but it's funny that we get a whole lot of we get a really broad range of audience. So, but generally, it's it's interesting when we talk about range of audiences that age-wise, we've kind of got 30 through 60, generally, uh, a lot of listeners. Um, and also, interestingly, even though we're a religious station, um, a Christian station, about over 30% of our listeners don't have a, an actual faith or go to, go to church or anything. They just tune in because they love, you know, the positive feel to it. Yeah, the interesting thing about having that broad spectrum of uh, listening, of, you say from 30 to 60, yeah. uh, different generations have a different taste in music. Yeah. So do you cater for a broad range of uh, music? Well, uh, this is to let your listeners know that in the past you keep requesting uh, music from the 60s for us to play that, and we don't. And we're very sorry about that, Al. <laughs> <laughs> You um, diff out there, boy. <laughs> There's hope for us yet, yeah. Al. Um, so, but yeah, generally it's uh, we we do follow a lot of um, how you'd say commercial radio guidelines as to music. So we'll generally play music from our that'll target our audience between the thirty and sixty. So we'll play stuff from currently about the mid eighties right. through to current. And then there's other guidelines in our music, what we won't play and will play. But sort of frame-wise, it's positive or uplifting music, mm. uh, but it'll be from about mid-'80s through to current music. 
So uh, just to give a bit of background to the question, uh, last year I was working in a builder's office uh, and there was about three or four girls working in the office and they were listening to the radio because I just tuned out. But then every now and again I heard this language alert. Oh, yeah. What's that? And apparently they have to uh, do a language alert to alert people that there's some bad language coming up. Yep. Um, but obviously, apart from bad language, there is the the subject matter of songs. Do you have someone who goes through and vets all the songs before they're played? Yeah, uh, we have a, you know, uh, and maybe similar to yourself, but when you're community radio, you have to really, uh, they actually, you have to be very wary of the, and care for the community that you are broadcasting to. So we've got uh, programming committees about what shows can go to air. We've got a music committee as well. So the music committee reviews all the music, new music, and... Uh, they sit down and listen to it? Yeah. Yep. Listen to it, uh, check the words, things like that, because the, one of the key guiding principles is if, and speaking to all the parents out there, if you've ever had a small child in the car that's just learning to talk and you're playing the radio <laughs> and you, you forget that they absorb it all, the next thing they're repeating something that was on the radio, yes. I've been in that circumstance myself. Yeah, wow, so why we aim to be safe for kids in the car. Uh, and also that gets down to, we've had feedback, we do get feedback from parents that um, some songs, whereas there's not language, the theme... Subject matter. Like for their, say, a 10-year-old girl, uh, and what's the example that that song is setting for a 10-year-old girl and how she should you know, feel about herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a music committee. They review all the songs, make sure that they've... They can't be uh, generally not derogatory or stuff that's negative or isn't, uh, yeah, is bad for, you know, like doesn't represent how we want to raise our children. Right. Mm. Uh, With the commercial stations, they have ratings periods from time to time. How do you guys measure your audience? Uh, We're actually really fortunate in that. There's a couple of us community stations, including Curtin and I think RTR, that we're large enough to be able to afford uh, surveys. So we get, twice a year, we get surveyed through um, a McNair Ingenuity. Oh, okay. Yep. So we actually get proper surveys. We, we don't get the commercial radio survey people because commercial radio don't want us on the radar. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we, we have a survey company that do two surveys a year. So we actually get a good measure of who's listening, the numbers, the age groups, what their buying habits are, things like that, which actually helps us tailor more, uh, know more about our audience, which is really good. Mm. So what sort of numbers have you got listening to 98.5? So there's two key numbers in radio. There's what they call the weekly uh, regular cume and there's the monthly cume. So the weekly are the people that are tuning in every day. Uh, so of that, we've got about 130,000 listeners that are regular daily listeners. Right. And then over the whole month, people sort of tuning in every now and then, our complete listener audience would be about 250,000. 250, yeah. yeah. yeah interesting, because um, Curtin Radio uh, say that they've got an audience of 250,000, and I'm thinking, is that um, the same people listening 
every day or is yeah. it a, 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 a real figure? Well, to be honest, Curtain Radio, um, theirs is probably the weekly. They have a very large audience. In fact, they they have a larger audience than some of the AM stations. Is that right? Uh, which causes a bit of competition <laughs> problems. Um, but, you know, they've, they've gone with a lot of um, older, former media people yes. and all of that. Um, yeah, Peter Waltham and yeah, and they Jenny just play, Seaton. Of course, yeah. four seniors, they play great music and all of that. So, uh, the, yeah, they have got a bigger audience than us. Right. Mm. Interesting. If you were uh, approaching a prospective sponsor and they had a limited budget and they uh, were tossing up between you and, say, 96FM, yep. how would you sell them? Well, for us, I mean, the community radio runs on a lot less money than yep. actual radio. Um, so we depend on we depend on about 55% donations and, uh, and we do depend about 40% on our sponsorship, our advertising. Um, so we actually say don't stop advertising on 96FM. We say, look, we're about probably between, you know, we're a lot less to advertise on or promote on than 96. So we actually say take a tenth of your budget and spend it with us so you get both pools because we've got a very niche audience. Yep. You get their audience and you get ours for only a tenth, taking a tenth of the budget. Yep. So you, t- you talked about sponsorship. Now, I can remember back a long time before you were there, uh, Bevan, um, when Sunshine Radio first kicked off. Mm. Uh, members of the public were invited to become members or sponsors. Yep. And I remember I, I was actually one of the first uh, well done. sponsors. You. <laughs> Thank you. Foundation member. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, do you still do that? Yeah, we have um, – well, we have members who are – like any incorporated association, we've got members that right. also vote. So we're very accountable. I'm accountable to a board and the board are accountable to the members, right. um, how that works. But also uh, most of them, like I said, the amazing thing is and what a lot of commercial radio stations can't believe is that, like I said, 55% of our income, which is considerable, comes through donations. Right. So there's members and voting members, but people that actually feel part of what we call the 98.5 family actually regularly give to ensure we're on air. So it's almost a, a strange form of subscription radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, like um, a couple of, uh, well, Curtain Radio and Capital, they both have annual or biannual now yep. uh, radiothons. Do you do the same sort of thing? Yep, sure do. Um, we try not to ask too much but um, we have an end of financial year appeal Um, luckily we've got DGR charity status which means it's tax deductible so that helps us a lot so we um, uh, have an end of financial year June appeal which is our big one and then we have a smaller uh, in uh, October November we do a radiothon which so the June appeal is more about the tax deductibility and it's Mm. the, the radiothon in November we have a bit of fun with that in that it's for less money, but that's more for little special projects or inst- like equipment we need. If we need yep. a new transmitter or something else, we do that. But we get a lot of the Perth uh, media people and celebrities and well-known people in. Oh, very good. Which is really nice. So there's the likes of Rick Arden, uh, Monica Koss, um, and a few other uh, TV people 
that have actually, for the last probably 15 years, have come into our radiothons and really support us. Excellent. So it's amazing the support for community-based radio. And, you know, we've had the premiere in a few for a few and bits and pieces. So we, we make it kind of interesting with all the guests that come in with that and have a bit of fun with that one. Yeah. Excellent. And recently uh, you did a Water for Africa appeal. Mm. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, twice a year we ask for the listeners to reach into their pockets to support us. But then four other times of the year we actually uh, we partner with a lot of uh, local and overseas charities. So four, four other times we'll ask them to dip into their pockets to help others. And I think that's the big difference about community radio is it's not just for them, it's for the community and helping mm-hmm. others. So Water for Africa is this... We had a space uh, recently where we had room to ask and we this is a little charity we chose because for 12 years they've just been basically a, one couple and a few people set up in Tanzania. Tanzania and or Tanzania? T- oh, gee, we, <laughs> I don't know where to go with that, you know. <laughs> Both versions, if it pleases everyone. Um, So this guy, Phil, is just a retic guy who knew a bit about retic. He went to Africa and saw what a well could do for a whole village, clean drinking water, and Mm. you see the water that they have to go. And, you know, the stats of children dying from just dirty water is incredible over there. So we really felt for what they're doing. And it really gets down to basically every $5,000 raised is a well for another village and it affects 2,000 people. Brings dr- clean drinking water, can bring irrigation, all sorts of other stuff. So we had a fundraiser last week, called it Watering Day. Yep. And we get two Watering Days a week, but we called it Watering Day was last Thursday. And it was simple that every $2.50 given is one person given clean drinking water. And not just for a year, this is for 30 years, the life mm. of a well. So uh, we um, made it that simple and we kind of didn't know what would happen because it's the first time we supported these guys. And so basically uh, I think it equaled about nearly 35,000 people will get clean drinking water. And that's from the 98.5 family, we call it, have Mm. given donations. Uh, So that's 16 wells. That's huge. Yeah. 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 So we're... We're really pleased. We do that. We do our Heart for the Homeless appeal as well during the year for, for local homeless. We work with charities in Perth and a few other things. But to do something for overseas impact was really good. So we were surprised. I think everyone was surprised. And definitely Water for Africa guys were surprised too. Yeah, yeah. So what did that equate to in, in dollars? Oh, I think about nearly 85000 <sighs> In one day? Yeah, yeah. What... What we've known for the last, I mean, we've been going for 35 years or something. What we've known is that Perth people are incredibly generous. Mm. So, you know, you see Telethon and I think Telethon still has that stat that per capita, West Australians are the most generous people on the planet. Yep. Well, that also equates and we can, for that, we're just a community radio station, but we can operate at a fair size because of the generosity of Perth people, but... Whenever we ask them to contribute to homeless people or CBM, another one for um, cataract operations overseas or um, uh, Samaritan's Purse or any of these, Operation Christmas Child, all these kind of things, uh, charities we partner with, the 98.5 listeners and generally Perth people jump on board. 
Mm. So we've got an incredibly generous community out there in WA, and I'm really proud of it. So it really means that the community in com- community radio, yeah, means something pretty special. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I love. The difference is, yep, yeah, sure, we struggle probably financially, and we don't have the the um, budgets of the commercial radio. But I'm proud of what community radio does, and not just 98.5. I'm proud of you know six EBA doing you know ethnic radio and RTR arts and you guys here and all that, you're here for a reason. Mm. And it's not for shareholders. Yep. It's not for money. It's to make an impact in your community. Right. So that's what I love about community radio. Mm. Now, as you uh, appreciate, we're a very small organisation here. We've only been going uh, a couple of years. With your vast experience with community radio, what sort of advice would you give us? Uh it doesn't happen instantly, um, but if you're clear about who you're broadcasting to and you have a genuine um, way, a genuine goal of actually bringing something to people's lives, mm. um, so I'd put it to you, what's what's Inspire IPL Radio all about, Al? Inspiring Passionate Lives, it's uh, for mental health, that's where it started. Yep. And... Uh, and I, I think when I heard about this, because I followed this station when it just started, I was really happy and inspired. Like right. I said, community radio isn't there's no competition in it. We actually go wow, because mental health, as you know, is just a growing problem. Yep. Someone said, you know, we're in the if you're West Australian, you are in the top three percent richest people in the world. Yes, we are. But um, we've got one of the highest percentages per capita mental health issues and suicide that's and so to see you know you guys actually going no we're going to do something about this we're going to bring positive uh, feel and positivity and we're going to combat mental health is really key so I think your guys message is really key I think um, as you guys go on I don't know at the moment but I think more and more people will love what you're doing and want to support it and it'll just be this growing mm. community of support. And I'd love to see you guys actually get a community licence. Mm. I know it's hard dealing with the government. It'd make a huge difference, yeah. Yeah. I know it's really hard uh, sometimes with the government, but, you know, myself I'd be supporting, that. you know, for the Rockingham and surrounding areas, even if it was a community licence, that mm. that would be great. And, I mean, what government doesn't want to, say that they're supporting mental health initiatives. Absolutely. So so it's that thing, I mean, you know, uh, 98.5 or Sunshine um, been going 35 years and it really wasn't till after about 15, 20 years of it operating that they really started to actually grow mm. a lot. When we were talking about music, uh, we never actually touched on Christian music. Yeah. Uh, what, what component of Christian music would you have uh, on your show? Yeah, we... We do this, um, what they call mixed content. So, the say in the US, the Christian radio stations in the US don't get it. They play all Christian music. We're deliberately mixed content where we want to be a bridge to those, for those that aren't Christian or don't have faith. So, we actually play um, minimum about, it's up to about 40% Christian artists, right. Christian music, and the rest isn't is just secular, but... Like I said, it goes through that filter of positive, uplifting or challenging. 
good music that's not bad music, if you know what I mean. And and so you're limited to uh, this time frame of 1985. So if you, so if you had a really good song, <laughs> if you had a really good song, gospel song that was before 1985, would you play it? Look, to be honest, we do because this is between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. We play what we call our um, mix of you know probably 35 percent Christian artists. 1985 through now, we do have niche shows. So in the jazz show on Friday nights, we've got uh, jazz classics that go way back. Yeah. I do a show on Sunday mornings called Great Hymns of the Faith, right. and that does go right back yes. to the probably artists from the 40s and 50s right through now, modern artists. So we do we do dip into your <laughs> era there, Al, just yep. so you know. Yep. That's good, that's good. Uh, so, oh, and of course we've got Country Show and other ones that play older stuff as well because how could you have a Country Show without Slim Dusty? I'll, I'll say that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play a song in a minute. Uh, unfortunately, we won't be able to put it on the videotape. Um, it was uh, written in 1951 by a guy called Stuart Hamlin. Are you, Hamlin, are you familiar with Stuart Hamlin? Name. Well, uh, interesting story. I'm going to tell you the story before we go off air. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the original singing cowboys back in the uh, Tom Mix, uh, Gene Autry type oh, era. Yes, Gene Autry. Yep. And uh, anyway, he uh, eventually uh, ended up on radio and was a very popular uh, radio presenter. Uh, unfortunately, he had a drinking problem and uh, he was constantly getting uh, fired off the <laughs> radio stations because of his drinking problem. But because he was so popular, the sponsors kept, uh, persuading the yeah. uh, the radio stations to re-employ him. Yeah. In 1949, he went to a Billy Graham crusade, got born again, and uh, now he was getting sacked because he wouldn't uh, support the beer advertisements. <laughs> but uh, he, he was a, a great songwriter as well, and uh, in 1951 he wrote a song called uh, It Is No Secret What God Can Do. Uh-huh. I know the song. You know the song? Well, I'm going to play it for you now from Elvis Presley. <laughs> 